Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Indie Talk Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Paul Martinez. It has been a while since uh, you've heard from me. Apologize for that. Been under the weather. On top of that, a lot of stuff going on in both personal and podcast life. Ran a little behind here. And so we're running about a week behind. We're going to try to make up that time uh, this week. Uh, we're going to start today. We're going to talk uh, about Lucha Underground, episode 23. And we're going to review the Ring of Honor show that uh, aired on, yes, April 15th. And uh, we're going to talk those two shows, a little bit of news later on. I know already by the time that you're hearing this recording, both Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground have aired new episodes from the ones we're going to talk about. I will get to those later on this week and uh, get us back on track. I have not forgotten about our Ladies Night show, uh, talking about Shine and Shimmer. That will also be coming up probably in about a week. There's other stuff too. we got an Evolve show we're going to be talking about. There's a lot of great stuff in the world of independent wrestling that's happening. As I've stated earlier, this is really a boom period for independent wrestling. We haven't seen this type uh, of status in the indie scene in many years. And it's very exciting to see some such great talent um, being showcased and not necessarily having to be in the WWE or TNA uh, impact. And so it's a great, great time uh, if you're a fan of true professional wrestling. Uh, let's start off with the show. As I said, Lucha Underground episode 23, which aired the 20... Actually, no, this would have aired the 15th. I apologize. I got my dates mixed up. The Ring of Honor show would have probably been the 18th. This was from the 15th. Uh, so Lucha Underground 23, which aired on April 15th. The show opens on the roof of the temple, where Aerostar is standing, gazing at the stars. Uh, Dario shows up on the roof. Dario shows up everywhere, doesn't he? And he says that, uh, you know, he asks Aerostar, you know, staring at the stars, is this where you get your inspiration? You know, Drago, his opponent tonight, he gets his from the depths of hell. And he'll do anything to win tonight and win the best of five series. And if he sees a shooting star, he should make a wish. But be careful what you wish for. Because everything in Dario's temple has a price. Ominous words, which we will learn about at the end of the show, what they mean. Opening match, it's Cage, King Cuerno, and Tejano. Facing off against Prince Puma, which is, of course, our Lucha Underground champion, Johnny Mundo and Hernandez in a trios tournament match. Uh, early on, uh, Hernandez is in the ring. He looks really dominant. Also, very cocky, overly cocky, acting in the ring for a baby face. But, of course, I have speculated that uh, he will be turning heel very soon. We see sitting in the crowd, Sean Davari, um, a.k.a. Sheik Abdul-Bashir, to the Impact fans. Haven't seen him in a while. Didn't really know where he was, but uh, looks like he surfaced here in the crowd of Lucha Underground. And the way they, were, the way they filmed him and the way he was dressed, I kind of take this as not so much as him just being a fan catching a show, but maybe more as 
uh, we're going to be seeing him as a part of the show uh, soon. This match, um, this was a wild one. Lots of double teaming, a lot of big spots. At one point, Puma catches Cage with a Pele kick. Then Hernandez clotheslines him over the top, where he lands next to Tejano, who's already outside the ring. Then Hernandez does a super mech dive out on both men. Uh, the crowd loves it. Haven't seen the super mech dive since his TNA days. Good to see he still has the agility to pull that off. A few moments later, Puma and Mundo hit stereo corkscrew planches on them as well. Uh, then we get a sequence. It's almost impossible for me to try to repeat. Um, there's a bunch of corner attacks from everyone. Case gets hit with a like a 619 to the ribs by Puma. And then there's a springboard roundhouse kick by Mundo. A springboard 450 by Puma. But Case kicks out. Um, I openly laughed at how I thought that was the end. Um, I was totally convinced, like, oh my god, why the match is over. And Case kicks out. I just started laughing at how, uh, you know, the, the amount of punishment these guys take in Lucha Underground and still kick out. It's uh, sometimes amazing. It's the stuff they kick out of. Uh, the action doesn't slow down. Uh, there's another crazy sequence ending with Puma hitting that copter spin powerbomb on Cuerno for a near fall. Uh, Puma gets put through the ropes. And Tejano is outside the ring and he cracks him with a rolled up bull rope. And uh, stuns him. Cuerno hits the throw of the hunt. Gets the three count. They move on to the finals. I really love this match. I gave it four stars. Because everybody worked really hard. I would get to the exception of... You didn't see much of Cage in this match. Um, except for the spot I talked about. He spent a lot of the match out on the apron. After the match, uh, Dario comes out and says he wants a preview of the trio's final. So each team will put one member in a three-way match. So, you know, as I said, I really thought Cage was going to do much in the last match. But now you know why. Because obviously Cage is going to wrestle this match, and he did. So the new match is now Cage versus The Mac versus Son of Havoc. And, of course... The fans are all for Son of Havoc. Uh, huge fan favorite in the temple. This wasn't the greatest match. Uh, it seemed like timing was a bit off here. Plus, it was following what was a great match also. It's, you know, it's going to make it pale in comparison. Son of Havoc does a dive out on Mac. Then goes to the other side to dive at Cage. But Cage catches him in the suplex script. And drops him on the mat. Really nice spot. Fans pop for that. Later on, uh, Son of Havoc goes for a shooting star on Mac. But Cage, who's outside the ring, pulls him out the way. Son of Havoc crashes face first on the mat. Cage comes in, hits Weapon X. He gets the three count. Two stars. Like I said, okay. It was okay. Nothing special. I, I thought at points in the match, uh, looked a little sloppy for lack of timing. Go to a break, we come back, we're in the catacombs, and we're in that disgusting bathroom again. Uh, Drago is there. I don't know if we've seen the bathroom since the last time we saw Drago in it. It might be his own personal bathroom. <laughs> if it is, he needs to hire uh, someone to clean that thing. 
in comes Dario. He tells him, you know, paraphrasing here, basically telling Drago, you know, he can rise to the top where he can be slain. And, you know, if he could win, he could get the unique opportunity that Crypto keeps promising. That's basically it. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm paraphrasing uh, Dario's speak. In the ring, we are again, Pentagon Jr. is in the ring saying something to my future wife, Melissa Santos. Melissa says that Pentagon dedicates this next sacrifice to his master. And she walks away, and Pentagon attacks her. She's trying to run away, but she can't. Vampiro is saying he can't let this happen. He throws off the headset. He stands up. Before he can do anything, Sexy Star comes in and saves Melissa. You know, they, they start drawing at each other again. Obviously, they're really setting up this Sexy Star versus Pentagon Jr. Uh, match. And uh, thank goodness that they did not injure my girl Melissa. But you know something something came to my head at this and I'm I'm probably way off here. I do not know I know the shows are taped way in advance. Some people may be keeping up with spoilers. I'm not. I really am not listening to spoilers on purpose because I wanna watch these shows and be surprised and when I'm reviewing them to you guys, I wanna be surprised at stuff too. I wanna you know, so I'm not really listening to what's happening with the taping. So I don't know if this is what's coming or not coming. And I'm probably way off. But during this segment, I just thought, who could be the master? And I'm just wondering, could it be Vampiro? I know they had this thing of Vampiro going to go save, save her. But he didn't save her. Sexy Star did. So, I always feel that nothing is shown for no reason. So what are two things this is going to mean? Either we're going to get a Vampiro versus Pentagon situation at some point, or Vampiro is the master Pentagon's talking about. Just remember I said that here today. We come back from a uh, commercial, and uh, Dario is in the ring, as Melissa is too, quote-unquote, shaken up in his words to announce. He does that little cocaine nose rub of his, like... <laughs> <laughs> Every time he does that, I laugh. I mean, I I don't think this actor is using cocaine. It's just it's just a small mannerism he does, which really puts over the type of character that Dario is without ever making any reference to drugs, drug use at all, or anything like that. But if you see it, you'll know what I mean. And I think it's I just think this guy, this actor playing Dario Cueto, is tremendous. Uh, he announces the main event, which is match five of the best of five between Aerostar and Drago. Uh, these guys go all out from the bell. Dario is actually ringside for this match. And every time there's some sort of carnage, he cackles evilly. <laughs> I love this guy. Um, there's a spot where Drago is laid out on the table. Aerostar goes for a plancha onto him, but kind of overshoots a bit and does a Face plant while putting Drago through the table. That looked like it hurt. Dario and Davari are shown loving the action. These guys continue to trade blows. Drago hits that one blockbuster move I love. And then he does that crazy roll up, which I believe now is called uh, Dragon's Lair. I thought I heard Striker call it. And uh, wins the series. Uh, gave this three and a half stars. Um, maybe. 
outside of the first match, this might have been the best of the series. Uh, fantastic job. Uh, at the end, they, they embrace. And Dario is into the ring to give Drago his unique opportunity. He tells him he gets a title shot at Prince Puma. But if he loses, he is banned from the temple. So, in a way, this kind of sucks, because I really love Drago. And maybe he'll win the belt, but if not, he's going to be gone. And I would hate if he's gone, because he's definitely one of my favorite acts at Lucha Underground. Uh, but another really good episode. I'm really loving Lucha Underground. If you guys are listening to this podcast and not watching Lucha Underground, what do I got to do to get you to watch it? It's a fantastic show. Um, just really, really fun. It's everything, in my opinion, that WWE is not, and uh, that makes it great. Uh, check it out if you haven't. And uh, before we move on to Ring of Honor TV, let's talk a little bit of wrestling news. Not much going on in the world of wrestling news uh, over the last, I guess, two weeks since I've seen you. Uh, but Takeshi Morishima, uh, a former Ring of Honor and NOAA champion, has announced his retirement. He's been battling injuries for years. He's been pretty banged up and uh, and slowed down a bit. But he was a tremendous worker. Um, if you ever get a chance, you know, if you're not into the whole Japanese wrestling scene, which if you're not, I think you're missing out on great stuff. But if you're not, try to find some classic Ring of Honor stuff when he was there. Uh, this guy puts on some really great matches. And uh, it's a shame to see him retire, but um, you know what? After what happened with Perro Aguayo Jr., you know, if these guys are really hurting and are injured, sometimes I think maybe it's better to hang up the boots uh, rather than have something tragic happen to you in the ring. So uh, he will be missed, but uh, that's it. Uh, he's announced his retirement. Uh, there will be a new Tough Enough. I'm not sure why anyone would ever want to win that, though. <laughs> Anybody here remember the name Andy Levine? Exactly. Um, not sure if I would want to be a contestant on a new Tough Enough. Although I will say, if they could get Stone Cold to come back and host it, it would be tremendous. If you did not watch the last Tough Enough, it was better than all the previous ones combined and times 10. And it was all because, uh, basically, at the end of every episode, Stone Cold would cut promos on... Uh, you know, the the people that were on the bubble, they get tossed out before he would eliminate one. And these promos that he would cut on these guys were just tremendous. And uh, made the show. What else is going on? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is injured again. Uh, how bad is not yet known. His status for tonight's pay-per-view is in question. Um, you know, I'm starting to think, as I just talked about, um, with injuries. I'm starting to wonder if his days may be numbered. Um, apparently this is another neck injury. And again, I'm still, I guess, slightly traumatized about what happened in Mexico. And I don't want guys with neck injuries, uh, staying in this business. Especially somebody, and, and I'm, I go on record saying this, uh, you know, outside of Brock Lesnar, my favorite American, uh, performer is Daniel Bryan. And, um, you know, it's not, I'm not hating on the guy in any way. I just don't want to see this guy, uh, 
become uh, an invalid or worse, you know, if it's really this bad. And then when he came back, they wanted him to go slow. And I saw a couple of matches of his. Like I said, he's one of the few guys, if he's on television and I happen to catch him, I will stop and watch. And he didn't look like he was uh, taking a light at all. I saw him taking some really crazy bumps in a little bit of time I saw him. So, you know, it was only made sense that he was going to get, you know, injured again. But let's hope this injury is not serious. I'm not really sure how bad it is. They're kind of being, you know, yes, they're admitting there's an injury. They're not really telling you how bad it is. So, you know, let's just hope for the best for him. And uh, the only other thing is there's rumors going around that Bill Goldberg uh, has been training. And uh, not for return to WWE. It sounds like the rumors are that he may be working for Jeff Jarrett's new Global Force Wrestling promotion, which is going to finally, it looks like from what last things I've read, uh, he could start his shows during the summer. Uh, they have, uh, they're going to do a tour of like baseball stadiums in the minor leagues. And they're going to be, um, you know, having shows at, at these, uh, uh, at these stadiums. No matches have been announced. No rosters have been announced still as of yet. You know, at one point I even questioned, you know, well, maybe it's going to be Mr. Met versus the San Diego Chicken in a round the basis match or something. I'm not really sure. I mean, I mean, listen, I love independent wrestling. Obviously, Global Force Wrestling would be a new independent with some money behind it. So, of course, I want to see it happen. But it's just been such a slow-moving process, which in the end may be the right thing to do. But the steam of it really has gone. Until I start hearing talent that he signed for these shows, it's not really much to talk about. But if Goldberg is indeed going to be you know, somebody who's working for them, you're probably going to see him in a very prominent, most probably main event role. Let's see if this is true. I know Goldberg's about 50 years old, so it hasn't wrestled in, I would guess, over 10 years. So not really, you know, and it wasn't like he was catch-as-catch-can uh, <laughs> champion of the world. So I'm not sure how much Goldberg can bring to the ring outside of a name and a look. But, you know, at this point, even if that's one name we get, at least it's one. I'm dying to find out who's going to wrestle for Jarrett on these shows. And that's our news for this uh, episode. Like I said, not much in the way. It's been kind of a slow, slow in the way of wrestling news. And let's get on to Ring of Honor TV. As I corrected myself as saying, this aired on April 18th. The opening match, Dalton Castle versus Donovan Dijak. Of course, Dijak, the winner of the Prospect Tournament. And a Castle, who was in the tournament but didn't win, but made quite a, I guess, uh, he's made quite an impact on the ROH fans. They love this guy. You know, I have to say, it's really wonderful in the way where this world has become. A guy with Dalton Castle's mannerisms, overall gimmick, would be hated years ago, you know, a la Adrian Street, Adrian Adonis, Gorgeous George, and the like. And here's a guy spouting that 
character, you know, to, in my opinion, even more so than they did. And he's beloved. I mean, the ovations that this guy's getting in ROH shows is amazing. And um, it just shows how this world's progressed. And I, I think that's a good thing. So, uh, of course, these are two newcomers in Ring of Honor. And uh, the match starts off. It's not a back-and-forth action. Castle hits that deadlift bridging German suplex of his for a two-count. Crowd loves that move. He uh, later on hits kind of an inverted airplane spin for another near fall. He's really on the roll. Martini, though, interjects himself, allowing Dijak to grab him and hit the feast your eyes pretty much out of nowhere. He gets the win. Two stars. Uh, not a great match by any means, but uh, still the fans were into it because they're really in the castle. After the match, Truth gets in the castle's face and uh, really, you know, dressing him down and castle gives him the, the testicular claw, if you will. No comment about the claw. <laughs> and uh, that's how that ended. Uh, Dijak charges him. He backdrops him over the top rope. Bad guys are steaming, and even though he loses, Castle stands tall in the ring. Go to commercial break, we come back, and it's War Machine versus Andy Dalton and Ken Phoenix. During the Code of Honor, Dirty Andy Dalton licks his entire hand before shaking Roe's hand. And uh, that's all she wrote. Roe knocks him out with a Superman punch that looked Ten times more devastating, devastating than anything Roman Reigns has thrown. They go, hit the fallout, it's over. Phoenix is on the apron of a look of both terror and amazement. <laughs> I think he wasn't, I don't even think he was mad he didn't get in the ring. I think he kind of looked like I dodged a bullet not getting in this ring. Best squash I've seen in a long time. Reminded me of the old World Warriors squash matches. Uh, one and a half stars, obviously, that's a squash, but um, it's still, it made me chuckle a little. Then we get a Samoa Joe commercial. I was talking about some videos and a t-shirt. Buddy's seeing this as he's already basically done with the promotion. I guess Ring of Honor trying to squeeze every buck they can get out of that couple of weeks stint he had with them. Go back to the ring, we have an in-ring fish tank. Uh, they start to highlight Jay Lethal's credentials, yet O'Reilly mentions that he defeated Jay by tap-out recently. Interesting to see a heel team take a shot on another heel, although, you know, as some, many have said, they kind of look at uh, Red Dragon as more tweeners than true heels. And that might be true, but um, I never really thought of them as baby faces, and that's, they've kind of played the role with this entire thing. Of a babyface team here. As a Truth comes out with Lethal. And they kind of get into a verbal battle with Red Dragon. Uh, Lethal shows off his new title belt. Which no longer says television. It just says, best as I can read it. It does say ROH champion. Uh, television was removed. Then Lethal cuts a promo on Jay Briscoe. Uh, Jay then comes out. And enters the ring. He does attack Lethal. They brawl to the back, and while they brawl to the back, Red Dragon's in the ring yucking it up, and they get attacked by KRD. 
Uh, but before KMD can do any real damage, the addiction and ACH run out. They make the save. Corino points out that this can't be the kingdom because the kingdom are in Japan at the time of this taping. Of course, I never believed it was the kingdom. So I am, uh, I am interested to find out that's who is playing the role of the KRD and why are they trying to make it implicate themselves as being the kingdom. Then we cut to a promo. It's the decade. Adam Page and BJ Whitmer. And they're basically cutting a promo on ACH. Something was kind of started on the last Ring of Honor TV you saw where they're uh, kind of calling ACH for not being respectful to the locker room, respectful to the veterans of the company type of deal. So, no, it was not not much, you know, just a promo. Looks like Adam Page will get the first shot at ACH. Uh, we'll probably see that in a week or two. Then we get our main event. Our main event is Cedric Alexander versus Michael Elgin. Uh, this is pretty even early on, but then Elgin takes over for a bit. Elgin hits a left-handed lariat, which uh, took uh, Cedric right out of his boots. He looks for a super Elgin revolution bomb, but Cedric counters his three running drop kicks to the back of Elgin, who was like still like in the corner on the ropes. Cedric to the to the mat, he goes to overtime, but Elgin gets his knees up. Elgin hits a big boot, then a one-winged angel, but Cedric kicks out. Cedric comes back, hits a lumbar check, covers, but Elgin gets his foot on the ropes. The end comes when Elgin turns a top rope hurricanrana into a power bomb, followed by a spinning back fist and the revolution Elgin bomb. One, two, three. Uh, Elgin continues his dominance as we've seen as of recent times. He then cuts a promo. He's basically blaming Nigel for the destruction of the Ring of Honor locker room at his hands. Great match. Three and a half stars. Another good show. I mean, um, they usually get, you know, great wrestling here. I thought the main event was great. I thought the other two matches were so-so, but it was an interesting segment with the fish tanking off. And as I said, you know, Ring of Honor... There's a lot of bare bones. It's not a lot of fluff. It's about the wrestling. I enjoy that about them. And so I enjoy this episode as I do enjoy most of their episodes. And that's our show. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I kind of ran through this pretty quick. And I know we're a little behind. The ladies' night is being postponed for a little while. Not too long, I promise. But I do want to get in this week. Another uh, Catch Us Up on Ring of Honor TV as well as Lucha Underground episode 24. And so we'll be doing that in a couple of days. Uh, but until that time, I thank you for listening and hope to see you again. Bye-bye.